Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Hey, Sandy. What's up? Um, I was listening to our last podcast, well, actually the one that goes out today. So we're recording this September 11th, our hypermobility one. And because you had texted me and told me, like, are you really congested? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I was. It was like, there's something, I think there's something in my building or my apartment. Like it just, mm. I was finding I was so stuffy at night and in the day. Yeah. And I just like hadn't, and I could blow my nose till the cows come home. Like nothing comes out. It's just dry yeah. and stuffy in there. Um, so I hit the neti pot, um, last Friday and I, okay, people don't make this mistake. Like when you do a neti pot, you really should do it with a saline solution or you can make your own with a little bit of salt and water. And you can Google that shit. Um, but I didn't. I just took tap water and shoved it in my nose, my brain. That is horrifying. It feels awful. Like, first of all, doing a neti. Girl, why? For, if you haven't done one for a while, like, it has, like, a burny feeling. But it, like, got all jammed up in my head. And Ugh. it. I basically gave myself... It felt like like a sinus cold for like two days. I did, oh my gosh! I like, no. and I did it right before bed. So then yeah. I was like lying down after. Yeah. Like it's not super ideal. Okay, and you took it right from the tap. Yeah. Okay. So number one, <laughs> so many. Yeah. Go. <laughs> there are things in tap water that are safe to consume, but not to put up your nose. <laughs> Don't um, put them in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because your stomach has acid, which will kill a lot of things, whereas your nose doesn't. Yeah. I learned Please this. do not do that again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the water to prepare a neti pot, I believe it should be boiled water, cooled down and salt. Yeah. Um, or, or distilled. Like I have a amazing, yeah, amazing filter. Yeah. Why girl? Why? Why? I don't know. I just like water's fine here. <laughs> I don't know. To drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it, so like, funny. yeah, like I felt it. Like it was not good. And then I was blowing and blowing and I couldn't get the water out of my brain. It just felt, felt like a sinus cold or a sinus infection. Like super not oh, good. It's like you gave yourself. Sinus yeah. It's just like, I just made everything worse. It was like in my ears and just like my oh, face hurt. And I can just imagine that. It's horrifying. Ugh really awesome the things i do on a friday night for fun <laughs> nasty are you feeling better now yeah so then the next day i think it was on saturday i i got the distilled water or filtered water and a little bit of salt and i made my solution and i jammed it in both sides totally good like way better i felt way better yeah. instantly yeah. oh my god yeah <laughs> you like flushed out that old water <laughs> yeah so gross. i haven't done it in a few days so i feel like I'm starting to get a little bit stuffy again. So, mm, but I listened yeah. to myself on that last episode and was like, yeah, I sounded like I have a cold and I kind of feel like it now. Like I can tell it's weird. Like you can't, you get used to not being able to breathe 
yes properly yeah. and then yeah, when you, you really do, do breathe properly you're just like yeah. oh my god yeah like nostrils can go that big like wow yeah yeah, yeah. there's just like mm. giant straws to my brain it felt like <laughs> <laughs> like all this oxygen suddenly into your brain yeah um the other thing you could try is taking like a walk by the ocean i know you're pretty close to it but it, maybe you haven't done that in a few days mm-hmm yeah. I haven't done that in a few days, but the ocean's like uh, surrounds where I am on all sides. Like you think the air should be close enough. Like it's literally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I um, don't know. Too soon. But yeah. Um, yeah. Just don't snort it. <laughs> yeah. No snort. Well, I was by the water this morning. Like I don't have an ocean. I have a lake, but um, we were down there doing a photo shoot and it was so lovely. Like my brain felt so good. My skin felt so good. Just like watching the sunrise. I like went barefoot. I like hugged the ground for a bit. You know, it was just, it was good times. It I was just like, imagine you. I just wanted as much body to earth as humanly possible. It's like golden it's like, sunrise light and you're just like, like slow-mo galloping on the beach. <laughs> like so happy no, sand flying yoga. everywhere <laughs> My it God. was lovely it was lovely like there there is i was listening to another podcast uh, about grounding and i think there really is something to it because whenever i get stressed i just like i need to go near water because near water usually like at the beach I, i'm barefoot right mm. um so i think that's the thing like it, it might not be the water itself and it might be it might be the water but it's also like the fact that I, I get bare feet when i'm near the beach um and that doesn't happen right that's not like socially acceptable yet <sighs> i know well in uh, yeah it's in victoria it's a little bit more acceptable yeah as we were talking about yeah. the other day <laughs> yeah it's also cold. It's cold, like um usually. So bare feet is like not recommended. Right? When it's yeah. Cold. <laughs> yeah. Fucking frozen toe. <laughs> Toes just fall off. <sighs> yeah, it's like just still still sandal weather here, but it's crossing over pretty quick. Yeah, the days are getting like shorter. I actually wore shoes yesterday, and then the sun came out, and then I was like, oh my god, it feels like my feet are in plastic bags. But it's like yeah, if it's the sun comes out, it's really hot. Yeah, it's still warm, and the sun's out, and the sun goes away, then the air is just cooler. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's when you know it's like the weather's changing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so before we start talking about podcast stuff, um, well, this is sort of podcast stuff. I just wanted to um thank everyone who went out there and uh made a little comment review on Apple Podcasts, um, because they're so sweet, and I just wanted to read. A- all of them let's read all of them yeah <gasps> why the fuck not right do it yeah like i just really i'm so grateful because this it really does make our day and it does help other people find us and to spread the information that we're trying to get out there which hopefully is you know like really good sound information <laughs> i mean thank i hope yeah no? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So this one is from Maggie Topaz. She gave us five stars. Oh my God. Nat, <laughs> you're five stars. Um, she's sweet. I know. She's so sweet. So she said, this is the perfect podcast for yogis looking to expand their practice. I really enjoy listening to this podcast. Nat and Sandy give good insights on how to apply emerging evidence on the mat. Their guests also share experiences on ongoing trainings, complementary modalities, as well as useful tips to grow and market your yoga business. I'm looking forward to future episodes. Aw, that's so nice. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, just do, maybe do three. Maybe do three. Just do two more. Okay. We, we only have five. That's so. okay. So yeah, we'll save some for later. I know people just like, they don't want to write 90 the same thing. I don't want to be bothered to write some down. 
But like it is so appreciated. Okay, so this is from mm-hmm. Kid Shaleen forty four. Um and she just listened to Ali Gear's episode. So she said it's entitled Like Taking a Walk Through Nature. I just listened to episode seven with Ali Gear, loved it. Ali's eloquent descriptions were thoroughly engaging. I'm enjoying the podcast and learning tons. Oh. Yeah, that's on point. Thanks. Yeah, she's she's amazing and you're amazing for commenting. Thank you so much. Thank you so okay. much. Should I do one more? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is Jenny Alessa. And I know this girl. She uh, She's a friend. So <laughs> she says, fantastic, exclamation mark. This podcast really got me back into yoga and I was able to delve into it with a more open mind to truly seek the rewarding benefits of the practice. I especially like the podcast on hormones. Insightful. Thank you, Nat and Sandy. Looking forward to more episodes. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I know. Yeah. So if you guys haven't done it yet, it's really, really super beneficial. It's super like, it just helps us keep the momentum. You know, we're, we're here on air recording by our lonesomes. Um, and not hearing from you. (laughs) We want, we want to make sure that, yeah, we're offering things that are of value to people. So exactly. And this, this really helps that like the stuff that we're picking is valuable. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Let's talk about Warrior One. What, what? Warrior One. All right. Feels about Warrior One. You like it? Hate it. Oh, oh well, strong. okay. No. Yeah, that's too strong. I too don't strong. hate it. That's a lie. I don't, I don't hate it. Okay. Um, expand. It's all right. What are it's your, all right. what are your, like, and obviously it's a, it's a posture. It has yeah. benefits, of course. Yeah. But what are the, so then the yeah. negatives out, overweight or outweigh the positives. So what are those? No, I just, I, I don't, okay, let me, so Warrior One is like, it's like a Cobb salad. It has the protein, it has the veggies, it has some carbs, I think, maybe not, I'm not sure. It has a little bit of cheese to make it palatable, but it's not a bowl of mac and cheese. <laughs> Cobb salad it's just, I don't know if I see it on a menu. It's not my go-to. <laughs> right? It's not my number right? one. It's like if the exactly. other salads are like, I don't know, if they have an epic dis- description of it, then I'll hit it. But yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Caesar is like fucking delicious and like amazing every single time. It's like creamy and like saucy and it's like more cream than it is lettuce, which is why it's <laughs> yummy. Um, <laughs> but but Caesar, right? That's why I didn't pick Caesar. And cob yeah. salad is just that one that's like, all right, I'll eat it because it has cheese on it. I'll eat it because nothing else is available. It's got all the things in it. Yeah. So it's good for you, but then it's also just like, um, uh, uh. okay. So what, what doesn't <laughs> excite you about it? Um, do you feel anything in that pose with respect to a stretchy feeling? Oh, sometimes in my calves. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes in my hip flexors, if they're particularly tight that day, mm-hmm. um, and that's about it. Okay. How about so, you? And as we spoke in the last episode, you are, are a mo, are more, a mo, a mo, mo, a more mobile body. Yes. <laughs> more flexible. Yeah, more mobile. More flexible. Generally, yeah. Um, so the pose warrior one asks the body to perform a, a relatively strong amount of hip extension, um, and then, oh my God, which way is your ankle going? Dor- oh, dorsiflexion. Dorsiflexion. Dorsi yeah, flexion. but it's it's like on an angle. It's yeah. Okay, so angle dorsiflexion, whatever you want to call that. Um, yeah. 
which will stretch your calf generally for most of the your calf yes. is asked to be in a lengthened position there. Yes. And so. I guess peroneals too, since you're, you're slightly turned out with your foot, you're not like, you're not like in a lunge pressing the heel back. You're like turned out with the foot. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it depends what your leg is then doing, because I think there's, um, some, a lot of people are probably not turning at the hip and they're twisting a little bit more in their knee in that posture. Oh, maybe. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people point to it as, um, not even within yeah. the like dislike categories. Like it's, it's not good. Like I've read yeah. blogs on like, Oh, this is a bad posture. It's like, well, everything could be bad if you, if you yeah, do it weird, if you do it weird. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you're like bony structure just doesn't like suit common alignment like maybe your bony structure needs like a different alignment Mm -hmm. which is very common yeah especially through the ankles uh okay let me let me ask you like what are your feels what are your feels on i feel it in my i feel in my calves the most because i'm a very Mm. tight calved lady (laughs) it's like where it's where it goes i like to walk i like to walk a lot um Mm. when i'm walking a lot my calves do a lot of work and uh more so than most people. I don't know why. My hamstrings are lazy, so they do <laughs> they do a lot of the work and okay. they get friggin' tight. So I I take it as I teach it and I and I use it in my practice as a calf stretch and um hip flexor stretch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't you do you ever find that down dog is a better calf stretch than warrior one? No. Really? See, down dog gets me. Like, I get like, oh, so juicy. I don't know Where's why, like, one? I don't know why it doesn't, doesn't hit me as hard. Like, it's for me, I think it's more in my soleus. In Warrior One or? In Warrior in... One. Oh, do you put a little bend in that knee? Is that why? I will pretty much always put a little bend in my knee because I am so hyperextendy. In the knees? Mm. Well, that's the main difference between soleus and gastroc, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, and then in down dog, I am bending my knees a little bit to... Mm. Yeah, down dog, it just feels like a stop. Like a stop in my Achilles tendon. Huh. It, like, they're, they're, when I started practicing, um, it was more of a stretch. But I get it more in my hips, like in my glutes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Wait, you feel a stretch in down dog? In my glutes. Interesting. I see, I feel mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it can be super intense. Yeah? Yeah. That's like, so interesting. The top of my glute max. Yeah. You know, like I'm one of those teachers that's like, yeah, down dog is a resting pose and everyone else is like, fuck no. I'm like, okay, yeah, I gotta remember that. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I gotta remember that. Like, for me it is because I've built it to be, right? Yeah. Huh. That's yeah, really interesting. Um, so back to the warrior one. Right, 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 right. I also, yeah, when you reach your arms up in the old warrior one, um, I like that work or like maybe hands interlaced behind your head, elbows forward to draw your ribs back and then getting more specifically in the hip and the mm. hip flexors of the, the leg that's back. Mm. Interesting. It, but but you have to be really smart, and this is why teachers like you and I commonly go more towards high lunge, crescent lunge work. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because hips yeah. are forward, it's easier to be like, okay, hips face the front of the room, 
lift your back heel off the ground, whatever amount, whatever you're teaching. Uh-huh. And working with warrior one, you have to make your hip do the work of rotation so that you're not twisting in your knee because your foot is facing out. So you have your foot in one direction, your hips kind of facing forward, trying to, they're not going to be perfect. I don't think they should be. Um, but in between, like there's this turn, so it's got to happen at your hip and to not kind of twist too much in your knee. Your Mm -hmm. knee can do a little bit, but you don't, that's like, that's not the focus. You don't want it to twist more. Yeah. It's not like a building twisting knees pose. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the purpose. Yeah. No, I think you put it really well. So it's the, that's why we choose high lunge or crescent lunge over the warrior one, because if the back heel is lifted, then the hip and the knee just point forward. The thigh just points forward. Whereas if you ground the heel, you have to turn the toes slightly out because that, that amount of, um, super duper ankle flexibility is generally not available for most people to put the heel directly behind the ball of the foot. Um, or you have to really shorten your stance in order to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like the toes turn slightly away from the midline of the mat and then your hips working to square forward. And I think that's where a lot of people like demonize the pose because, when the hips are squaring forward, but the toes are pointing sideways, then you do add a little bit of that torsion in the knee. Um, which again is like, uh, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It depends. Depends on the body. Depends on the history. Depends on like oh, so many things, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you're keeping all those muscles around active and you're not lazily just like laying into it, we we're talking about that in our hypermobility episode last episode. So it's, it's a strong pose in the back leg and in my teachings, like your back leg is on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if there's a way that we can like, you know, do you know that saying of like, rather than letting it happen to your body, you're putting your body into it. So actively entering the pose rather than like getting into the pose by, by using the ground. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking especially here of the back ankle. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a way that we could like flex it so much at that little angle and then just plop, you're in warrior one. Mm-hmm. Like from warrior three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, it's something to, to play with perhaps. And, and I like these ideas because they, they do help you sequence a little bit differently sometimes. Consider it's, things. Well, like you could very much consider it a peak pose, which is strange to think of because it is, it's like traditionally within your sun salutations. And people are whipping in and out of that shit so fast, mm. like so yeah. fast in some, <laughs> in some practices, one very fast breath up into it and then down into like chaturanga. Yeah. And I, yeah. with that speed and at the beginning of a practice, you have to ask yourself as a teacher, are my students like, do they have the skill to create all of that stability, turn those muscles on. So you want the muscles in the back of your hip, your external rotators to tone. Like you want that external rotation in the hip to the best of your ability and to, to do less of that. Like you said, that twisting, that torsion in your knee and you want your ankle to have some mobility as well. So does it even make sense to jam it into like sun salutations? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Wait a second. So you're saying that the back hip in Warrior One is externally rotated? Yeah, like your pelvis faces forward, but that the the ball and socket itself, like that has to have external rotation to get your knee. If your knee is pointing to the side more, if your foot's pointing the side, you want your knee facing the side of your mat more. That's got to be external rotation of your hip. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit, but I thought it was more of like a trying to get your thigh to point forward kind of pose. But then if your th- no your your thigh bone still points forward, it's just rotated, like there's huh. it's just a spin. Interesting, but I I thought it was like a really minimal spin, like the toe position is just to make the ankle comfortable. In like a really mobile body, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like nothing is comfortable for anybody else. <laughs> yeah sorry (laughs) like if you're asking your ankle to do that like like your foot like put your feet on the floor sit on your chair put your feet on the floor yeah and try and turn your foot to the side without moving your knee yeah at the ankle it does a little bit a little bit yeah yeah even just in doing that like the back of my hip is like trying to fire really i don't feel anything in the back of my hip Turn it on. Oh, shit. Did you just drop shit? No, sorry. I moved my chair. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but a but a but a bum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you just, want me to turn it on? Well, it, it just like, I'm, my hip is trying to do work. Everyone can play along and do this. But yeah, you sit in the chair, yeah. put your feet down and like your right foot. I mean, I'm even holding my knee so it doesn't move and just yeah. turning yeah. my foot at out. the ankle. So you can see yeah. how much that will do that. Maybe you have a huge range of motion and that's going to tell you something about, like, about like 15 how? degrees. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. If I really push. Oh, so, left leg up more. How much does your foot turn out in your warrior one? Are you doing like a 90 degree turnout? Are you doing a 45? So many ways to teach it. Like a, tra- yeah. a traditional is more towards a 90. Like if you're looking in mm. Iyengar's books and stuff like that. Right, that, right, right. That's why they say don't change your feet in Warrior 1 and Warrior 2. Just change your hips, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But that is that accessible for like a body that um has grown up walking in flat shoes and sitting in chairs. If you grew up in India mm. and you sit cross-legged on the floor, mm. like maybe that's legit. That's totally fine. Like your hips yeah. literally form differently. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So it's the pelvis that's turning forward, but the hip is externally rotated mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And that's where mm. people get confused because when we think hips, like you're thinking that whole structure, the pelvis. It's like, what's actually yes. turning? Yeah. Is it the the entire pelvis, like the three bones together moving? Or mm-hmm. is it your, your femur in... Yeah the socket there so it's that external rotation of the head of your femur yeah um depending on how much outward turn in your foot you're teaching that Mm -hmm. asks more external rotation of your hip so so in some ways if in some ways then crescent lunge and warrior one are actually not related they're related in the way that it's they're both hip extension right in the back leg Yeah. yeah Um, they're, they're very different with that external rotation and the calf yeah. stretch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause in Crescent, we're just perfectly neutral. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. And then high lunge also is a bit more 
of an ankle, well, a different in a different way, like a yeah, a, um, sorry, ankle strengthener, because I've seen yes. people who have only been brought up in like Ashtanga or something and come into a flow class and they're doing high lunge and like they they automatically do warrior one. Um, mm. Back leg is like pretty lazy, um, and they cannot get their back heel off the ground. Like there's just mm. no strength there. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, that's so interesting. I think the other thing is that the front leg too far down towards 90. And if you stay a little bit higher out of the front leg, you might be able to get that stability down the back leg. And actually you might even be able to rotate a little bit more through the back leg. Yeah, I agree there for sure. I like my warrior one, it doesn't look like a warrior one in a book whatsoever. And I used to feel not bad about that, but, um, like my pose wasn't the pose when mm. I was practicing way back. Cause I remember yeah. having a teacher saying like, people are teaching this short warrior one thing. And it's warrior one. This isn't warrior one. This is warrior one. And does like this huge warrior two stance, like for mm. even bigger than most people's. And yeah, her foot's out to the side and her hips are like, they're not perfectly turned forward, but like the amount of extension she has in her hips is far more than most people yeah. can get. And yeah. probably the amount of external rotation is far more, th- more than most people yeah. can get. So it's like, yeah. okay, I don't really care like what the pose is. Like in yoga, like we are <laughs> now modern yoga, we're making up all sorts of in-between things mm-hmm. because that's where our bodies are at. And we can't just go into like the pose because some guy yeah. did it in India. <laughs> I love this rant. I took a picture of it and put it in a textbook. I love this rant. Yep. This is the rant of our lives, basically. <laughs> so my warrior one is like super like, oh my God, when I started and, um, and it was even in a hot room, like my warrior one was so short, so mm. friggin' short because my calves yeah. were epically tight. And I remember teachers coming in, <laughs> walking, like walking around and like looking at me being like, okay, like, you know, when you saw yeah. someone out, you're like, okay, like pretty athletic build. She's yeah. like works hard. You can see she's strong. Like she's yeah. making progress in a lot of her postures and she's super mindful. And like, I was yeah. not bragging about myself, but I was like, trying to be super mindful and everything. And then it's like, whoa, then there's this posture. And they're like, are you like, can you make your stance a little bigger with and keep your front knee bent, your front shin vertical? I'm just like, shimmy it back like an inch. I'm like, no, that's it. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, interesting. Yeah. 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 Damn. Those are really <clears throat> tight calves, girl. And that's like, well, they, they also did teach it in that practice. Um, with your foot turned more like a 45. So the more forward uh, facing your foot is, yes. the more parallel your foot is, foot is to the long edge of your mat, the more you're going to be targeting your calves, whether it's calves, your gastroc so much, or so much calves. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. Like that's an excellent pose to target the calves. Like we don't have, um, besides, like you said, down dog, that's a calf stretch for you, but it's not for me. So we need more than one posture to, to yeah. get into our calves. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes chair pose feels like a calf stretch. Yeah. Chair pose will just be, um, if I'm practicing chair with my knees coming forward of my feet, then Mm. I'll feel it a little bit, but again, it's more of just like a stop. Yeah. But see, sometimes I don't even have to put my knees 
forward of my feet and it's like, oh, my calves are tight. Really? With your, with your knees bent? Yeah. Yeah. It just depends. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like those mornings that I wake up after running or something. I'm just like, holy mother of tightness. Yeah. The fascia there is just like, it's dry as fuck and like (laughs) newspapery. It's terrible. Yeah. And then I'll like come down to like get something off the floor, like a chair post. Like, holy mother, that is a stretch. Anyway, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like to ask people, like even in a forward fold, like um, if I'm working one-on-one, it's an amazing opportunity. Like we're mm. just like Uttanasana. Where do you feel mm-hmm. this? Like where do you feel yeah. it with your legs more straight if they um, yeah. are okay in their lower back and they don't hyperextend their knees? And then where do you feel mm-hmm. it with your knees a little more bent? Because mm-hmm. sometimes like for me, it's like way up in my glutes or way down in my calves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. like a little bit in my hamstrings, but then if it's in my hamstrings, sometimes it's closer to my sitting bone. And I'm really aware of that. Yeah. I've talked about that yeah. before. That's so interesting. eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you're right. Like yoga doesn't offer a lot for calves, does it? It's not, not a 10. No, you can do your table, yeah. tabletop and like put one leg back and kind of push into yeah. it. I like that. But yeah, I like that too. Um, if you have doing warrior one intelligently, um, a couple times repeated, like that will really be beneficial for your calves. If again, foot mm. turned a little bit more forward generally. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's this thing at the gym that I like absolutely love for the calves. Cause my calves are also epically tight from the running and the spin classes. Um, and it's like, you sit on this little chair thingy and then your feet, um, and legs are, I think supposed to be mostly straight they rest on this like little um toggle board and so then you just do like calf races against the toggle board and it presses your body weight like forward and back on the chair mm. does that make any yeah. sense yeah yeah and then you can add resistance and like if you do that and and do like heels out toes in and then heels in toes out and you do all like the different variations to get into all the parts of your ankle it's just like holy shit it's so good you can feel like just the juices starting to flow again i yeah. really like that nice that sounds yeah. awesome yeah, you got to get some of that, girl, because like we know that, you know, like when you bring some of that blood flow and circulation in, the fascia can start to release a little bit as well, rather than being like bunged up and all, all mm-hmm. tight and jammed. I try and do like repetitive. I do ankle circles often because mm. I know that my calves probably tighten as a way to uh, maintain stability of yeah, my ankle, yeah. like they're overworking. Yeah. So like I'll yeah. be sitting on the couch and I'm just doing like big ankle circles one direction, big ankle circles yeah. another direction. Like I'm pretty mindful of that, but integrating that into a practice, if you're doing calf focused practice, like start with some circles and yeah. then maybe um like in your chair, you can like come up on your toes or like even, yeah. and then drop it down slow. Yeah. So you're kind of Ooh. contracting and eccentric contraction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then working into warrior one, maybe as a peak. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. But for, for you, Nat, definitely like try, try doing it weighted. Mm-hmm. A little bit of weight is, uh, I find has like really, it really, really helps. Like remember how I was telling you I sprained a hamstring a long time ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I slipped in a hot room and I <laughs> sprained oh. that bad boy. Um, but deadlifts, deadlifts are like the thing that like I can stretch it, but it still feels kind of, um, fascially gummy, um, and not hydrated. Whereas like adding a little bit of that weight, you know, like deadlift weight and then 
really thinking about squeezing into the hams in order to pull it up. Um, and consistently over time, like now I've, I've lost, like I used to have like a little clicking. I think it was just really tight thread of the hamstring, like snapping mm-hmm. past its neighbors. Now, like I've lost that clicking and I feel like that blood flow and that circulation is really like much more healthy into the ham. So yeah, yeah. Try like a little bit of weight, like hold some weight as you, um, do heel lifts. Or the other thing I like to do is put like my feet on so have like weights or something weighted onto the ground and then put the ball of your foot up on that and the heel down so you're now in that negative territory and then do heel lifts from there just with your like fingers against the wall for balance Mm -hmm. or hold like a little bit of weight um and oh my god that's just so it's been so beneficial for my calves yeah i can't say good enough stuff about weightlifting it's like my favorite it's good not your favorite yoga is your favorite yeah, yoga's my favorite. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> um, okay, so back to warrior one. Right, 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 right. <laughs> glutes. Let's go glutes. Okay. So, so I cue like a strong engagement of the glutes, um, especially on the side of your back leg. Mm, and then, interesting. It, I mean, it can be done, but it's difficult to isolate what part of your glutes, like the external rotators, the glute max, um, easier to isolate like the glute medius and minimus more towards the side of your hip. But so on the back of your hip, the big juicy, the juiciness. <laughs> so it's kind of like, and your glute max also does external rotation. So engaging, like just squeeze your bum. And it's like, especially when you do it kind of one sided, there's different ways to squeeze your bum. Well, maybe that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> How to squeeze your Well, I think your what bum. you're getting at, <laughs> what you're getting at is that you want the glute max on because it is a hip extensor, right? And, is that what you're and, at? and external rotation for the knee. And external rotator. Yeah. yeah. Which both, which is what's happening in that back leg. So you do yeah. want it on. So you have to think of a way to teach people to squeeze that bum. Yeah. So even if like you have the mobility or say like we were talking about hypermobile students or just a lot of flexibility, you can put your back leg, you can have a big stance. You can have your foot turned out. You don't feel anything in your hip. It's fine. So you don't really feel like you have to turn anything on, but then you have this knee joint in the middle that will take the brunt of like any instability. So really turning your glutes on of that, that extended back leg, um, and then also the quads pulling up oh, through your back leg? Uh, back leg quads. Yeah. Yeah. That'll yeah. help well, keep yeah, your knee, yeah. um, in a good position yeah. as well. And we know why, because the, the patella is encapsulated within the fascia of the quadriceps. So as soon as mm-hmm. you tighten the quadriceps, you tighten the patella mm-hmm. and that's what we want. We want stability. So yeah, for sure. Folks. Oh yeah. If you're a knee pain person, like don't worry about a long stance warrior one. Don't worry about turning your foot out to the side. If you have a more traditional teacher like that, just explain to them Mm. that's not good for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you could always, if they come around and try to lengthen your stance, you can always be like, no, I'm doing this on purpose, right? Like, yeah, I'm doing this for a reason. So leave me alone. Um, respectfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other thing you said there, so if you're a knee pain person and you're doing warrior one, yes. Yeah, so like quads, um, what's the McCallits glutes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the calves are in that stretched position. What else would you like? Let's say it's like a, a tear. Like it's pretty serious. Like, would you, this is something you would teach. Cause I'd be really hesitant. To I, w- I wouldn't in. like teach if I knowingly had someone with any type of knee injury, I probably would not 
knowing okay. to teach it unless it was like super short stance. Um, we're working on the entire arch of the foot as well. Um, yeah. Quads yeah, and that's, glutes. Cause that's a common one, right? Like the collapse of the inner arch of the back foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, if you just activate the glutes, sometimes that'll help correct that. And that, that inner arch will just automatically lift yeah. up. Um, it would be at a time like where, you know, yeah. they're like mostly out of pain and they're in the recovery part where they're strengthening so it's like a Mm -hmm. test posture once you know they can activate all these areas there you Um, go yeah i could see that i can see it being a test posture not not really like a let's do this till you're tired yeah this (laughs) is gonna fix you (laughs) no it will not you don't know how to like squeeze your glutes engage your quads or lift your arches then you're just gonna be like (laughs) in that knee no bueno no bueno no bueno none of them okay so talk a little bit about the arch then Cause that's like one missing piece of this leg. Oh, maybe the inner thigh connection to that arch. Yeah. But do you want, yeah. do, you, do you want to have like the saggiest arch? Do you want to just be flat footed? Well, <laughs> <laughs> just lean into the some, inner edge. Just lean. You know, some people can't help that. Like some oh, people's like, hard, yeah. they're like trying their best to lift it and just looks like completely plastered. Oh on yeah. The ground. Some people have like um, a flatter foot and that's fine, but it's like the effort, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're looking for that engagement of the inner arch and the outside edges of your feet. You can even like, especially if your foot is really, really bad, I, I sometimes will say like grip the mat with your toes and artificially lift it up because you gotta like, you gotta work those muscles eventually. I know like you don't want them always on, but it, it is nice to just feel that and then see if you can make it more subtle, you know, like go to the a hundred percent and then like back off and, and try to make it more subtle while keeping the arch lifted. So like scratch them out with your toes lift up the arch and then just try to release the toes but keep the arch kind of thing oh that's Um, really nice i like that i haven't yeah i haven't taught that very much but um totally makes sense because why teach a a muscle or i mean there's so many muscles in your feet but you're just teaching the set of muscles that lift your arch kind of an isolation and they don't know how to do that because we we walk in shoes like your yeah, yeah arches are super lazy um yeah so many people so yeah like use your entire foot give it all yeah it's like trying to like isolate one quadricep or something or like oh again yeah. like i said the glutes like just go on with all of them and it's okay and then yeah and then you can see if maybe your toes can soften maybe not whatever but like even just doing that with my feet on the floor like yeah. yeah. Can you feel that? You feel like like everything nice. turn on and my ankle feels yeah. like super rigid and stable. And then just soften a little bit, mm-hmm. but keep the arch. Yeah. And I think that subtlety, like it does take time to not only teach, but also to practice. Like we can't expect them to get it the first time. Like Maybe some people will, but I certainly didn't. Like for my lazy ass feet, it, it's like, it's a work in progress, you know, just like thinking about it. Yeah. And you can do anyway. the opposite. You can lift all of your toes and push down through the... Yeah, you can do that big, one as well. Big toe mound and yeah. still see if you can maintain that arch. So you can kind of yeah. progress yeah. through. But definitely with all of these, I would teach it with a shorter stance. Just because like, mm-hmm. remember the farther you extend the hip, the less, uh, the more strain you put on the nerves. Because there's mm-hmm. a nerve running through that hip and the low back, right? Through that SI. And, and the more strain you put on the nerves, the less likely the brain's ability to communicate with something as far away as the toes, um, the less fluid that is. Yeah. So you want to shorten the stance, practice it in, in a situation where it's achievable and the brain can have some success and then 
you know, start to challenge it as long as the the hip is healthy and the knee is okay with it. Um, and then you can start to lift that, that foot because a lot of this is neural conditioning. It's not, not, not necessarily the muscle is, um, lazy, but the, the mind's connection to that muscle is not like clear. It's not fluid. Mm-hmm. There's not a good connection there. So that's to build that. Remember, we, we do want a shorter stance. It's like impossible to do at full range, you know? Yeah. And, and we do want in most postures, more true hip extension. We say like in so many of these episodes, our lower backs bend, like mm, yeah. when I'm in warrior one in any amount, that's like past my normal stance. I'm, I'm pushing it a little bit. Like when I first started too, like my back just bent so much because my, your pelvis is going to tip forward if your leg goes back and you don't, if you're, if you don't have extension, like your leg can't go behind your body, even just like standing, then if you're putting it way back there, your pelvis is anterior t- anteriorly tilting like way forward. So I would like my belly would just be like, like sticking way out because my lower back is bent so much because my shoulders are still upright, like over my hips. So I have this big sway in my lower back and it felt like garbage. It just, so I'm like short stance, drawing the front of my hip bones in a little bit of abdominal support and then reaching the arms. And that's like, that's a lot of work. Like I sweat in that posture. No, but that's a really good point. Like, so talk to us, talk to me about the pelvis net. Talk to me. (laughs) Sexy voice. But like, yeah, tell us a little bit about the pelvis because this is an asymmetrical pelvic posture. Yeah. So your pelvis is probably never going to be, I mean, maybe in few bodies, there's exceptions everywhere, but you're, you're pointing your pelvis forward it's not like looking to the side. It's looking forward, but you, the leg that's behind you, that actual hip, if you're, if you have your hands on the bones of your pelvis, your frontal hip bones, like that one hip will be back a little bit. Um, and I don't think there's any point in worrying about it being the same distance from the front of the mat that like square your hips forward, square your shoulders forward, put your yeah. back foot back as much as you can while not like, losing control of your, um, abdomen and your lower back. Mm -hmm. And then, so you're working on extension of the hip and you're working on less lumbar extension. And then from there kind of pushing into your back heel, you're going to get that, um, hip extension through your psoas and your iliacus and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, um, I, I like the way you said, yeah, like that back hip isn't equidistant to the, the front of the mat as your, your front hip. Um, because it, and it's slightly rotated as well, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. So when that happens, um, in the SI itself, there is a little bit of pressure, mm-hmm. if you can imagine it. So there's one hip extended, slightly rotated. The other hip is just neutral, straight forward, and the knee is bent and the glutes are on on both legs. Um, so this will put some pressure into the the SI. So if it is someone with a lot of SI issues, um, yeah, it might be something I skip. With I think with a lot of SI issues, the asymmetrical poses can be like when done at the right dosage at the right time can be really beneficial. But when there's an issue, um, like it's, it's inf- inflamed and it's flared up and there's a lot of like nervy kind of pain. Um, the asymmetrical things I kind of tend to stay away from. Um, and so if you imagine that kind of hip 
movement there that's like so asymmetrical right Mm -hmm. um and there's force of gravity force of like effort through the legs um so i would much more stick with something like chair pose yeah yeah or an unweighted asymmetrical so something where there's no weight but your legs can be asymmetrical um yeah yeah no that's a really good point to bring that si stuff up yeah it's always and the more like the more you force yeah, that longer stance, the more compression there is in that area. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's more back, you know, it's yeah. like forcing the joint more. Whereas like if you shorten the stance, like it might be okay for some people with SI issues, right? If your stance is a little bit shorter and you're aiming for calf mm-hmm. and you're not so much aiming for hip. Um Yeah, like I really like warrior one, like more like a, what's that pose? Par- uh, Parjvatanasana, pyramid pose? Yeah. Yeah, from there it feels really nice, mm-hmm. really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With that shorter yeah, stance, but, yeah. Yeah, but then some people might not call that a warrior one. <laughs> yeah, call it whatever you want to call it, but it's a, I think it's a beneficial pose, the short stance, the short, if your yeah. body, that's what your body requires. If you have all that mobility in your body, like definitely think about keeping the front of your pelvis back, like a little more posterior tilt or more of a, I want to think of the tuck your tailbone cue not so much that you're like rounding your lower back and ripping your leg mm-hmm. off but oh, oh my god <laughs> i'm just imagining holy like, shit i got really it's got intense violent. Shit got, yeah. got, oh, shit got crazy there <laughs> the fuck was that dad? <laughs> like the strongest abs in the world they're just like contracting you're like gone sorry Ugh, nasty okay, keep i think about the body in like weird ways i don't know yeah. uh, it's but it's, it's more resilient than that yeah. okay don't worry people. yes yes <laughs> what were you gonna say that hypermobility like episode, yeah, like yeah. thinking about the joint going the other yeah Ooh, nasty so like elbows <laughs> okay um let's let's think about our shoulders and arms in warrior one okay um I don't know. I don't feel much. It's just arms overhead, right? That's that's a traditional, no? Traditional right? arms overhead. Like, is it hands together more traditional? Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I always do. Yeah. It's been drilled in me to do hands together. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, anytime someone calls out warrior, I'm like, oh, yep, 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 yep. Gotta have the hands yep. together. It's, like the, it's with that Pavlovian response. I just, like, immediately. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm good, Yogi. I'm so good. I'm being a good girl. I'm a good girl. And if you're a person who has... Um, like tightness in your, in the upper rotation of your shoulder, that can feel like mm. garbage that can pinch, pinch the supraspinatus. Um, and I'm not saying like that happens, it's not going to happen to everyone. That motion doesn't create that. But, um, when I did my shoulder module at least, and people said, or did like a little survey, like how many people have pain in their shoulder reaching their arms overhead? It was like half the class mm. of yoga teachers. Well, also that module is like self-selected for people who have shoulder injuries or who have shoulder issues and are interested in the shoulder. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> one of the things that we talked about definitely was like the closer that your arms are and towards your head, hands touching obviously would give that, the the more likely you are to feel that pinchy pinch. Yeah. So that makes sense. The, yeah. the purpose. They're more adducted. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. so should you need to take your arms much wider, take your hands much mm. wider apart. And the benefit of arms overhead, as I see it, and you can agree or disagree, is to 
as you lift your entire rib cage, your, your rib cage through the muscular connections, diaphragm, et cetera, are pulling up on your spine. And you pull up mm-hmm. on your spine, your, your psoas, your hip flexor, main hip flexor there, um, is attached to your spine. So you're even getting a little bit more distance, a little bit more of a pull. Like, do you feel that when you do a high lunge or, or warrior one, reach your arms overhead and then you're not like spilling your chest and your belly forward, but you're containing, drawing back and like really getting your ribs away from your hips. That's like yeah. side body long is that old Adasara. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cue. Cue. Um, I, I, I almost feel that like a superficial pull though. I don't know. I don't feel it quite as deep. It just feels like the fascia in the front of my belly lifting away from the, the fascia on my legs. Yeah. So it could, it could work the fascia. It could work more superficially into the rectus abdominis. If you're really tight in your belly, like if you're just been doing like crushing ab workouts at the gym or whatever, and you go and you do that, like you will feel it. Um, spin class, man. Spin class. Yeah. Cause you're really spin class has changed me. Yeah. It's changed me, man. Cyclists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So and yeah, so maybe it doesn't go all the way deep to your hip flexor. Maybe there's something tighter, um, more superficial yeah. first. More superficial. You feel yeah. 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 But the general, like yeah. the, the general goal of that reaching arms overhead is to just get more length in the front body, front body opening. And that includes your hips. Mm, yeah. There's just so many other things I would, I would just like, I feel are more accessible than warrior one that will hit all the same spots as warrior one. Like you're saying the psoas stretch. Mm-hmm. So how about a low lunge, put your knee down. So no, now we're no longer like full body weight onto the feet. Mm-hmm. Ankle is no longer an issue. As long as you pat up the knee and there's no like tenderness of just the kneecap grinding against the ground, mm-hmm. um, the knee hopefully also won't be an issue. Take your arms straight up to the ceiling, hold. So if your left leg is forward, your right leg is back, hold the right wrist and send the right wrist over to the side into a side bend, spinal yeah. side bend. That's a big one. That, yeah, that's a huge one for like, again, I feel that as like, and, and you, if you keep your belly in, so a, avoid that excessive lordosis, just keeping that neutral lordosis. Mm-hmm. I feel that um, in the fascia of shoulder down to abs, down to psoas. And then sometimes if I'm super duper fucking tight into the quads. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you get a lot of good stuff just from that. Um, and that could be a prep for warrior one, right? Totally. Yeah. So what yeah. you're missing there is like um, the action of the glutes more in external rotation and the calf. Oh yeah, yeah. And the calf yeah. stretch. So yeah, it'd be like more preparatory. Yeah. Um, but like even if you did that, say you're wanting to replace your warrior one. If you're doing your like a low, a nice low lunge, maybe with a side bend, and then a flow into Ardha Hanumanasana. Okay. And then yeah. so you're potentially getting into the calves there. Maybe it's more glutes. Maybe it's more hamstrings. But you have yeah. like a little bit of a chance to go calf. Yes. So yes. those two flowing together yeah. might kind of more so make up some of the warrior oneness. <laughs> yes. And then for external rotation, I don't know. Is there a benefit to do that like mild external rotation while spinning? There probably is like spinning your hips forward and then back leg is slightly rotated and slightly extended. You know what I mean? Well, the external rotation is just to support the position of the knee and not twist in the knee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, then, then you could, you might as well just do tabletop, keep the belly in and extend that right leg straight back. Yep. You could do, you could do like 
hip extension. So yeah, take the leg back and up straight. And then you can do isolated external rotation, turn your toe out. So from the hip, turn your whole legs so that your toe faces out whatever amount. Yeah. That's also a good yeah, test to see like how much you have, like keeping yeah, your hips facing yeah. the floor. Absolutely. And, yeah. then, and it's even, um, it's even better than warrior one because now we don't have body weight on it. You're just working against mm-hmm. gravity. Yeah. That's an excellent yeah. prep. And then you could just turn your foot straight down again, put your toes on the ground, press back calf stretch. You mm, could flow. Oh my God. You could do a little yeah. flow. Do a little flow. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in all of those, you're lower to the ground. Balance isn't an issue. In all of those, you're more supported by the earth. And I don't know. It's just like, I would rather do those five poses than warrior one. I would rather eat mac and cheese than Cobb salad. <laughs> I think the, well, the warrior one is, I don't know. I'm not willing to toss it. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, but I don't take it. I, I don't take it for what it is in a book. Yeah. You know, I definitely, I, I don't think it's worth it to toss it either. There is like, at least in my mind, there's that like nostalgia from my, um, Ashtanga days, mm-hmm. you know, like bind your hands together, sight your thumbs, you know, that kind of shit. Um, so there's like that, that positive nostalgia and I don't know, you never know, right? With postures, I mean, we can dissect it to kingdom come and someone's going to benefit. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to love it. Someone's going to need it. But say mm-hmm. like you're working with, um, a, a group of people who have less mobility, be that athletes, be that, um, or athletes of a specific type of sport where they need that or older bodies or I don't know. Anyways, desk people, <laughs> you could yeah. literally make warrior one a peak. Like you were saying with all that nice tabletop stuff or lunge, yeah. Ardha Namanasana, yeah. like you can get yeah. there and then you can do it a couple times at the end and then mm-hmm. add on. Or your three and just be like, boom, yeah. you guys crushed it. Look at you. I like sequencing like that as well, because then you have like, it's like a building a puzzle, you know, you have like this puzzle part, this puzzle part, this puzzle part. And then yeah. when you feel it all together, it's like your brain just hums with concentration. And then it's it, just like, and then the end, oh, yeah. like, your students then are like, oh, this is what warrior one feels like. Instead of it being like one of the first postures that you go into <laughs> and you're like, Oh, I just like tweaked my SI joint or like, Oh, I just tweaked my knee or like, I can't friggin' breathe or my lumbar spine is just like super extended and feels like, yeah. 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 Like all those. It's so funny. You have so much beef. (laughs) I don't have so much beef, but I think like we can be more intelligent about it and it shouldn't be just, Oh, my yoga teacher, my teachers and my teacher training like taught it as a starting posture. It's like dudes. Yeah. It's no, it's no bueno for starting posture. It can be in like the right bodies, but I don't know. Definitely not in the majority of the population. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think that's like, that's the other thing, right? Like yoga studios select for yogi bodies, you know, like you're going to have a higher proportion of people who gravitate towards yoga, who are good at it because that's what, you know, you like the things that you're good at. So you're not going to, 90% of the people in a yoga studio are, is not representative of 90% of the population. Like, you know, well, it dep- I think it depends population. on the type of the teacher you are, type of teacher you are, where your that's studio true, true. is in, in the city or town. Yeah, um, that's true. It's, it's pretty varied. Like, but you, if you're a teacher who's teaching warrior one with minimal cues right off the bat, um, you're not going to see the students that that got an injury or felt pain or felt super uncomfortable in that pose, they're not going to come back. So your class will be filled with a bunch of more flexible bodies. 
Yeah, yeah. If you're teaching it like really intelligently slowly and then people are like, oh yeah, like I was actually able to do mm-hmm. this pose and I couldn't do it before or it felt really yeah. like garbage in my body. And then you're going to build a class of that type of stuff. Like maybe you're not going to be, yeah, building really in-depth, deep f- flexibility postures. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like that thing where like you, you attract the people you attract, right? Mm -hmm. Like what you offer attracts the people that, that you eventually, that will be your audience. So yeah, I totally feel that. Yeah. So like, don't feel like you have to do that pose in a certain way just because someone else did it. Think of all Mm -hmm. the other people who can't do it and teach to them. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the people that need to hear it, right? That's going to be your audience for this. Like when you teach your corporates, you're probably doing exactly what we're talking about. Like you were building yeah. something slowly because you're like, yeah. I'm not going to toss these guys into yeah. a posture yeah. without warming them up. A lot of the time I think about the nervous system in corporates. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's so much less physical. Um, at least it might look physical, but like what I'm thinking about is like breath and relax and mm-hmm. you know, like how, how can I get them to channel this and like let go of their day kind of thing um so yeah it, it has a, a very different intention mm-hmm. i think the the postures aren't strung together with as much intentionality towards um a physical achievement yeah yeah <laughs> it's much more towards like and lay down for 20 minutes <laughs> that's shavasana yeah but in that you're considering yeah. like if you put someone into a posture that they're not warmed up for um the, yeah, and that's what's the other gonna happen thing. to like, their nervous system. Yeah, in in a corporate, like, how warm do you need to go? You just want some like little bit of more snow fluid in your joints. Like, you want yeah. a bit more warmth, and like a couple basic things can do a lot for what you exactly the postures yeah. you need to make. You we're like okay. We just did uh, down dog and cobra. Let's come into wheel. People oh are going to be like no. nervous system, like fight or flight. Yeah, super duper. Yeah, doesn't feel good. Yeah. I don't like yoga because it yeah. made me feel gross. Yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like in a corporate, I think the the purpose is different. Whereas like, so in a corporate, I'll, I will do like 15 cat cows, slow mm-hmm. the breath down, match breath and movement. Whereas in like a studio setting, because I teach in like the urban studio filled with like really experienced yogis wanting the physical challenge. Sometimes it's heated. I might do five cat cows and we're done we're moving on because mm-hmm. we need to use that time to warm the circulatory system through all the muscles mm-hmm. and we're gonna do more like it's just gonna be different right yeah um so yeah i think i think yeah warrior one i might throw it in but yeah it would be it would totally be a peak pose and it and then we come right down yeah yeah totally yeah corporates are different they're uh they're just different yeah i like them yeah i like them too they challenge you in different ways mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to add? I think that's pretty good. So we went over the ankle, the arch, knee, glutes. I'm making my way up. Pelvis, lower back. <laughs> so we did a little bit with the arms. Arms, yeah. The arms, like yeah, a little bit. Like I say, like don't. It's not a shoulder thing. So you could mm, you could yeah. add like hands bound behind your back, and you can kind of do that. But then again, like make sure you're not like really spilling your belly forward. Mm, pelvis forward yeah. ribs forward uh, it's more about yeah. containing the front body in that posture so yeah arms overhead if you mm. want 
Don't worry if you have shoulder pain, hands wide, because it's not about your hands coming together. It's about your ribs lifting, mm. kind of. Oh, I just thought of something that might be really cool. So before you stand up into warrior one, mm-hmm. um, just keep your fingertips onto the ground and then maybe just try all those things we're talking about with the glutes, with the arch, with the ankle, with the knee, with a quad, and then just hover your hands. So it's like a warrior one preparation. You have the leg stance, but your low belly's on top of the front thigh and you're just hovering your hands. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That might be like a super amazing, um, like mindfulness exercise mm-hmm. to keep all that and then stand up and keep all that. Yeah. Even just like when we're talking about the pelvis again, I'm thinking, cause people think like square hips forward. It's, it's, it's more shoulders forward and your yeah. hips are going to follow as much as they can. And just in that, cause that's going to be a twist, right? If your hips and your shoulders aren't facing the same direction, that's a twist. A little one. Yeah. yeah. A little one. And just in that, that's going to, um, do more hip extension via the, the psoas there. Mm, it's nice. Just subtle, but it's there. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Good chat. Ah, so warrior one, I still don't like it that much. <laughs> you don't have to do it. Yeah. Try your thing though. Try your little stance with your hands and squeeze your bum, your ankle. Oh yeah. I, I do. I, I like doing that over warrior one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd rather do that than warrior one. <laughs> I'd rather, yeah, it just depends. But I think when I don't do it for a long time and then I do do it, I notice how tight my calves are and mm. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's good for that. It's just, it, cause girl, it you gotta, you gotta go do the gym stuff with the calves. Seriously, that has like given me so much more like relief. I know, but your body's a lot different than mine. I will. I like, I definitely will take your advice, but yeah. you have a lot more mobility. Mm, yeah, but I still think like a few calf lifts won't hurt you. I know, but they're so tight already. No, I gotta do it. I, what do, I need to do, do is them like, in, do them with a negative. Like put your toes up on, put the yeah. ball of your foot up on something and do it in the negative so that you gain the full length. Yeah. And then some yeah. myofascial release after. Yeah, you could, but I find I don't need it. Huh. Like it feels so good. Like, so when you go into the negative, like your toes are up above your, your heels. heels. Yeah. Yeah. And then lean a little bit forward, um, like towards a wall. And then do your calf lifts like that. Oh, it's so juicy. It's so good. It's like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. You just got to do it. I'll do it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about your calves. (laughs) I want to know. I want to know all the things. They're big and they're angry. (laughs) They're Hulk. They're Hulk. They're everyone. Like growing up, people would compliment me on my calves. So weird. Wow. "Mm, You have nice calves and like skinny jeans and shit. It's just like, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Like the, your pants stop at the calves and you can't Yeah, get it's them like, it's anywhere. very difficult to wrestle my pants off of my calves. That's but so thankfully, funny. like I have, I have muscle, like good tone in my thigh. So it, like, it's, I don't look like a weirdo. Like my body doesn't look super <laughs> disproportioned or whatever. Like I look proportioned, but then if you like look at my calf compared to someone else, then you're like, oh yeah, yeah like yeah. maybe, maybe then you notice someone who doesn't have much calf musculature wouldn't it be so funny if you just had like these pancakes for calves and like just walking around and your calves are rubbing together you don't have any calf gap it's not too far off i'm like (laughs) oh my gosh you have to send me a picture of your calves now we have to post this with 
cow we'll see. pictures. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think it's because my feet are t- small too. We've talked about that last episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it must be yeah, like yeah, the yeah. small feet. Like it's co- my muscles are compensating because it's like, don't, you think don't so? fall oh, down, little one. But you, you have long legs. So it also could be that it has like a, it has to be bigger because you have more leg to move. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No. I'm okay with it. I just got to <laughs> stay on top of the tightness. Stay on top. All right. Okay. Let's, let's call it let's a day. Let's call it. Thanks for the chat. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anytime. I'll, I'll insult your cats anytime, girl. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Yes. And please do uh, go on Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen on. Um, leave us a review. Leave us a message that you left us a review and we'll read it over the air. And thank you so profusely for your lovely reviews. Yeah. Thank love you it. Guys. Okay. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye.